Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabunker. And I'm Kenton Larson. For a dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the face and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime. Happy summer, Kenton. That's a Thank bit of a, you. A long-winded way to get there, but I kind of had, had it queued up at the wrong spot. But anyway, that's that's uh, one of my favorite summer songs of all time. We should do an episode of favorite summer songs. Well, there's never a better time to be an instructor, <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's never a, a better time to have a hit song about the summer. Oh, for sure. And by the way, today, you just reminded me. Today, I do believe Rolling Stone magazine. Um, announced their best 50 albums of 1999. They're a little behind. <laughs> and uh, the one and number two on the list was Len, Canadian band oh, Len. Well, and you know the song. Steal My Sunshine. But that's yeah. like the only hit song off that album. That's it. I've never heard the rest of that album. And they even said in the, they say in their podcast that if you imagine, if if, if you, someone says the words 90s douchebag, you can only imagine one thing, and that's the look of the lead singer of Len. The guy, not yeah. the girl. No, not the girl. The girl of course not. She was fine. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, him and Fred Durst. Those are the two that come across. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> two that come across. There's a cage match. <laughs> I've, I've been kind of, uh, it's funny because I've been kind of looking into this phenomenon of, of late 90s summertime bands like mm-hmm. uh, Smash Mouth came up in another podcast oh, sure. I was listening to. And then, of course, I've been hearing Sugar Ray a lot lately on the radio for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the radio stations I'm listening to. But, uh, you know, Sugar Ray, those are those are kind of cut from the same oh, cloth, Sugar I Ray. Think, those guys. Like, surf, kind of touching on punk pop, but not really. And... The uh, like punk pop in the way they look more than anything else, yeah. and uh, and those songs like the one the funny thing about, about All Star about Smash Mouth's song, which is the one that they're most famous for, is that the video itself is actually tied into the film Mystery Men, oh. and not Shrek, which is well more well known as being a part of Shrek than it is uh, Mystery Men, which <laughs> was a bit of a flaw. Mystery Men was not the most successful film of 1997 or eight or whenever the hell that came out. So yeah. I just thought it was kind of funny. Two more things, Qu- very quick. Yeah, uh, Little Steven uh, oh. has a new album out, and it's a and it, he says it's a throwback to all the great summer albums. Oh, and there's a song on it called "Summer of Sorcery" that I think people. Uh, it's a six minute song that goes by real fast because it's so good. And uh, uh, people who love summertime songs might want to give that a listen. The other thing I wanted to mention, like you, it's impossible. You showed Will Smith there two <laughs> seconds ago. And boy, did the Men in Black sequel ever do well, as we oh, predicted. Yeah, no did kidding. you see it was a, a giant bomb oh, like we sure. knew it would be? And it reminded me, there, we are going to have to do a whole podcast on it, but the whole genre of films that pretend they have a fan base that, in fact, doesn't exist. Right, like Mission Impossible. Right. Yeah, exactly. There yeah, really yeah. is no fandom when there's no movie. Well, see, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, Fast and Furious movie comes out, the, the Hobbs and Shaw uh, how that does when yeah. it comes up because that's another I think another example of a franchise that doesn't really have the fan base they claim they have I mean have. Hobbs Calvin and Hobbs and Shaw yeah okay and, right. and and which one's the tiger tiger is Hobbs <laughs> okay <laughs> let's get into the nerd news nerd news This week, it's it's simply going to be the the Emmy nominees just came out today, so we're just going to talk about that a little bit because uh, I didn't really prepare anything else, um, and we'll just quickly look at these, and then we'll we'll make our picks closer to the actual Emmys, which are on September twenty second. So we'll we'll do that, but I thought it'd be good to just look at the top categories, give some impressions, maybe some snubs, maybe if something was not nominated that should have been nominated. Uh, the most notable thing here is that uh, Game of Thrones got 32, which is a new record for most nominations by a single 
TV series in a single year, but that is, I don't think, a surprise given. Well, it is because there's all, everybody was saying, oh, it was a mixed season for Game of Thrones. Well, that was oh, the fans there's so many who haters. Didn't like, fans who didn't oh, like the way it ended. But I actually heard like legit media outlets, including The Hollywood Reporter, saying that they thought that that could hurt its chances for oh, nominations. And that didn't do. It was a still thing. A, an amazing technical achievement as far as t- television goes, and it's essentially making a movie every week. And I liked the season that's yeah, the no, thing it was good and so. when have you ever seen uh we've never before seen a tv show with that budget that no, is i don't i don't think it's going to win in every category it's nominated nope, but it certainly will, will win the big ones it should yeah. win best drama and best a lot of the acting probably and that kind of stuff it's the so. last chance to give folks awards and in the past uh the emmys in particular have done that have yeah. really gone like you know, last season of Mad Men, most awarded season of Mad Men. It yep. always goes that yep, way. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to miss their chance to award a popular Cause, favorite. Because they're kind of honoring the legacy of the show, not yeah. just the single season, right? Right. It's a lifetime achievement award yeah. at that point. Um, so quickly going down these now, they have the limited series or TV movie, um, best actor. I don't know a lot of these except for Chernobyl, but I assume Chernobyl is going to win a lot of these because it was amazing. Although, did you see, and this is another big headline, Chernobyl is going up against When They See Us. Did you see When, what they, is see when they See Us? That is the... Uh, Netflix Central Park Five. Oh, it's only it's only four episodes. I watched it this summer. It really is fabulous. Okay, Chernobyl is really fabulous. Yeah, the two are totally different topics, but they both accomplish the same thing, which is they put you through the emotional ringer. So now I look at those two and go, well, man, they could cancel each other out. You know what I mean? Like okay. they're both, and they're both uh, very respected. And, and maybe True Detective comes in and sweeps in for the win. Who the hell knows? <laughs> is that a limited series? Uh, I guess it is because it's a Mahershala Ali is nominated oh, in that man. category against Jared Harris for Chernobyl. Yeah, so that's a good that's a good category. Okay, so then, then we go through all the different. Um, so then that was the. I don't think they they do lead actor, lead actress, and then overall limited series. Um, the what's her face from Chernobyl did not get. Um, nominated. I don't remember her name. The British actor, the fa- a famous actor whose name we can't yeah. remember. Um, and but there is somebody from When They See Us nominated, O Ojane Ojane Ellis or something. I don't know. Her there name. is one one of the actors, in, and I assume it'll be him in the show who just is astounding. He is fantastic, and the last episode of the series focuses on on what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Probably him. Um. Moving on to comedy series, lead actor in a comedy series. It's your typical, you know, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Ted Danson, The Good Place, uh, Bill Hader for Barry, mm-hmm. and the one. Uh, Here we go. Eugene Levy for Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek comes out of nowhere. Now there's there's uh, beefs and bouquets under that category. I think Shit's Creek got four nominations. Um, well, and- Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, probably series. Right, and um, costumes. <laughs> <laughs> what, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, the one glaring omission that you know that I cannot stand for, where is Chris Elliott's nomination? Where is yeah, it? well, has he ever been nominated for an Emmy? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. <laughs> this is his chance. But the, by, And by the way, I, wa- I re-watched Cabin Boy this summer. T- I watched okay. it twice in two days, <laughs> and that film... Is oh. fantastic. It is one of the finest. What you need to do, have you heard of something called the Cinema Immersion Tank? No. You watch the same movie every night for five nights in a row, and you come up with a better understanding of that film. That's a great idea. Uh, you should do that with Cabin Boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I think do I've it. done it. over. <laughs> I, I mean, Cabin Boy is hated as a I've film. I've only ever seen it once. Well, the great thing, they re-released it on Blu-ray just uh, sometime. I, if it wasn't this year, it was like just before it, like the holiday season. And I haven't, I've had it, but I haven't watched it. And there's an interview with Chris Elliott and Adam Resnick who directed the film. And they, they're friends. And it's all kind of like they just look ashamed of themselves. <laughs> it is. It's incredible. The interview's incredible. And I actually, I legitimately like that movie. And it, and it's the only movie that David Letterman has ever played a character other than himself. Yeah. So so uh, well, Chris Elliott, can this guy now, get a nomination? I think I think for as far as Shit's Creek is concerned, now Eugene Levy may win. Who's he up against here? Uh, uh, I don't think it's very likely. Well, Bill Hader for Barry. That's a tough I one. I know. 
Um, I would love to see Bill Hader win for Barry because that's an incredible. Oh, he's film. great. But, it, but it's almost like a comedy drama. Like it's not full on yeah. a comedy. It's, it's a weird. It's a weird show. Like yeah, that. it's not like you watch it and you're like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Whereas, like whereas Schitt's yeah. Creek is very much a comedy. It is a one-liner sitcom style show. But the as far as the actual overall series uh, award, it goes against um, Veep, which I think again oh. last season for Veep. Oh. Yeah, you know. Wow, so we know Julia's got a lock on the Emmy. Yeah, yeah. For the however many year in a row, she wins it every year. Uh, The marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which has been a favorite for a long time, well, a couple years now that it's been out. I still have to see that one. It's on my list. I keep hearing people saying it's bad. I really? keep, yeah, I keep hearing people say, "Oh no, it does not uh, should so not just, get the accolade." The critics like it, but then. well, but that's sometimes a sign of a good show that people just don't give a chance. Also, sometimes it's a sign of a show for kids that adults don't like. Is it a show for kids? I don't think it is. No, it's a it's a, it's a show for adults. Okay. I don't think kids would be interested. It takes place in like the twenties or thirties or something. See, I know nothing of it. Depression era. Um, uh, show and uh, no, I don't think kids would be very interested. It's in that. one of those Amazon shows that's on my list of well, you don't one have day. I know one day when I get it. Yeah, boy, will I watch those shows. Uh, also, so overall comedy series: Veep, The uh-huh. Mrs. Maisel, Barry, The Good Place, which is also very good. Love it. What's Fleabag? I don't know what that one is. Fleabag haunts me as a show. It's Amazon as well. Oh, okay, and uh, I believe um, the actor whose name I can't remember from Killing Eve. Okay, not Eve, not Sandra O. Oh. The other star of that show is in Fleabag. People keep saying it's the greatest show of all time. And uh, this is probably the hundredth time I've heard that, that uh, it's a wonderful show. Okay. And once again, I don't have Amazon, so I haven't also, seen it. Also, Russian Doll, which you recommended it a yeah. while ago. Is yeah. that a comedy, though? <sighs> Say it like Barry. Okay. Like, yeah, there's comic elements, but is the key takeaway laughter? No. <laughs> no. Well, and... um. And then Schitt's Creek. So, so I mean, if Schitt's Creek won any awards, it would be a, a victory. I think just being nominated because it was so under the radar for American audiences for so long. And this past season, it's really come to light as an amazing. It's also the last season of Schitt's Creek. I, so I think people are starting to notice it. And I think it will live on in, in syndication and on Netflix and stuff like that as far as being yeah. a favorite show. I've just started watching it recently. So, I mean, I didn't for years. I know that you you recommended it a long time ago. When oh, it first Schitt's started. Creek? Yeah. I watched the first two seasons as they ran on cbc yeah. and then after that it became less kind of it didn't intrigue me as like the much funny the funniest thing well it's a funny show but i also love whenever they go on like a late show they have to yeah. flash shit's creek on the screen to show yes. how it's spelled uh to make sure that to let you know they're not really swearing as though somebody's offended by the term shit's creek <laughs> like oh brother and then just quickly outstanding drama series the uh nominees are better call saul which feels like it's been forever since we've seen it had you know there isn't it's not running this summer yeah, i know that's why yeah uh, Bodyguard, which I have not seen, but I've heard it's good. It is wonderful. Game of Thrones, right? Which will yeah. probably win. Killing Eve, which you also wonderful. Say you liked. Ozark, which I've never seen. I, everyone um, says it's great. It's on Netflix, and gosh, we should watch it. Pose. Don't know what that one is. P O S E, not Poe Dameron, but Pose. <laughs> um, and succe- Succession, which I've never oh, seen. Wonderful. And This Is Us. This Is Us is uh, like the only network show that consistently gets nominated. And good for um, them, you know? <laughs> One, which <laughs> I remember at the Jets game, the lady from This Is Us was there. Do you remember? Yes, were you, yes, you were yes. at that one, right? She was or here. She, no, she was here shooting a very religious themed movie. Okay, uh, which is now out, uh, and it's a, it's a good, it's all about the, the taking Jews. the box office by the story. No, it's not. But it was a very specific like about miracles and stuff. It was very very. Oh. It was by like some some Christian company or whatever. But anyway, uh, yeah, she was at the Jets game, and they fly- and it's, and she, it's a very good. Honestly, she went up on the screen. The crowd oh, was. Yeah. Pumped. They you know, were it's very a excited. Show yeah. And given, uh, I've only cut, we've seen a couple episodes, uh, but what I saw, I liked. So mm-hmm. I would, I would, you know, give this is us a try from the beginning at some point. I'm sure. Yeah, I would, I would wa- definitely watch it. Anything that's nominated so frequently, sort of, it's gotta be good. You owe it to yourself to kind of at least see what the fuss is about. Yes. Although one one time, uh, <laughs> as I. As I always mention, I want tried to watch The Good Wife on Netflix, and you're like, hey, this isn't bad. And then I start looking ahead, and you're like, 400 episodes over the course of 1,000 seasons or yeah, whatever. Can't and you're do just it. like, it's And you're kind of like, well, then I just started watching Michael J. Fox ones. He's on some of those. Okay. And, and then you start <laughs> picking and choosing, and then it ends up being like The Clone Wars where you can't remember a damn well, thing. Well, that's why I only watched, <laughs> uh, I only watched the um, 
what was the White House um, uh, TV show? The The West Wing. I only oh, yeah. watched the ones that had Rob Lowe in it. And after he left the show, I stopped watching. So. Oh, and here's where I should say I saw Kiefer Sutherland singing oh, yeah. country and western songs uh, at the uh, casino this week in Canada. He has the number one album in country. Did you know that? I did not. Know As that. a result, probably of playing every casino in Western Canada. <laughs> And I noticed, I checked at Sunrise Records at Polo Park. He had like 15 copies of his album. And then I went to look to see if they were still there, and they were all sold. Really? So I was like, yeah, Interesting. so Kiefer moved some units. But I, after that, I started watching Designated Survivor ah. on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, Dan, if you like the West Wing, well, imagine Jack Bauer from 24 becomes president. and he's, But only because everyone ooh. else dies or something right right like he's 30th in line for the president oh and he's angry <laughs> and 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 uh, oh and you know that at a certain point the president is gonna have to take out a gun and shoot some guy in the kneecaps it's gonna oh, happen okay so i'm enjoying it very much and that that's a mainstream like middle of the road show which sometimes is great and sometimes is not as great but overall that kind of makes me go yeah i got room in my viewing for a this is us if I can watch Designated Survivor, I can watch This Is Us. There you go. Is that on Netflix, by the way? I don't know. On this Is Us? I yeah. believe it is. The yeah. old ones? Yeah, I think so. Ah, maybe so, I will. There you go. All right, let's, uh, that's it for the news. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about what we've been watching, reading, and listening to over the summer so far. You're listening to the Media Nerds Podcast. So where do you want to start? I um, you told me when we um, got here that you've been just watching oh. nothing but TV and Netflix and stuff over well, the reading and going to shows yeah. and like it's been just, a media consumption summer for you. It is off the charts. Uh, Stranger, yeah. Stranger Things. Let's start yep. with that one because that was the you know for me. It's funny how that show like whenever it comes out. Now the first season of Stranger Things came out. I, think, I want to say May or June or something, but I didn't watch it until we were into like this part of the summer, like mid July. Chris Schiffman told us about it on our podcast. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. He recommended it, and then uh, and we were like, okay, and then we. But it took us. Yeah, I didn't we didn't watch it right months, away? Yeah. But but so that first season is definitely, and I, I did specifically watch it while I was on vacation in uh, Florida, uh, in Disney uh, World. So after we've spent the day at the, the the Disney theme park, we come back, kids would be sleeping, we'd be watching uh, uh, Stranger Things. Now season two was in a, kind of more of a Halloween theme that came out around Halloween, um, and it really like the the story takes place around Halloween. But this one is very much a summer story. It is uh, takes place around the Fourth of July. It came out on the Fourth of July, so it's like certainly designed to be binged during the time that it takes place which i thought was really interesting uh overall what did you think of season three of of stranger things i liked it yeah more than season two definitely more than season two but maybe a less little less than season. i, one. I don't know that you can really recreate that first season again that was Hard. such a great uh story in the way that they told it and so many great moments but there were a lot of great moments this season as well you, you still have to watch it fast because it's so popular that it will be spoiled and, and and I would have been spoiled had I not watched I, it. Right I think away. I tend to watch it like one episode per night kind of thing. That's usually what yeah. I do with Stranger Things. So over the course of a week, I watch. It's only eight episodes, so it works out nicely. I probably did the same. Yeah, can't really remember, Double, but yeah, or maybe like that. maybe two if you really like. Yeah. Whoa, because every episode lands on kind of a cliffhanger, so you sometimes you're so engaged that you keep watching. Yeah. But for the most part, I watch one one at a time. And yeah, it was a great overall season. Um, I loved the Russian. Uh, we're gonna talk spoilers, by the way. So. You know, spoiler warning, but I already said Russian. Um, That's not a spoiler. The word Russian is not a spoiler. Well, it also, it's revealed the first five minutes of the first episode. So the whole idea of these Russians being involved, I like that idea. It makes it very 80s, very Cold War. And I overall, I like the whole part of the story where those kids are like going to the Russian base and... And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love the base under the mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that pre- great. That's pretty good. And uh, I like the mall. I like that. Yeah, fast a lot. Time, fast times at Richmond High reminded oh. me of. Yeah, my sort of my key takeaway was I like the mall and the mall <laughs> never ending story, which they sing. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I even tweeted 
You know who really liked this season of Stranger Things? Lamal did. <laughs> because Lamal hasn't earned any royalties off that song in some time. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw the soundtrack is out for the show, and the two characters singing that song is on the soundtrack. Oh, there you go. Cool. So Lamal's just like, all right. Back and, up the money trap. And I wonder uh, if that film will get a little more attention now that it's been kind of shouted out in that in Stranger Things because it's something that certainly, and it came up in conversation. I, I put it out on Twitter at the beginning of summer. Like It was the final day of school for my kids, and I was talking about the final movie day of, of mm-hmm. school, right? You watch movies. Nobody ever does any work on the final day, so it's usually a movie day. And I thought about the movies I saw when I was a kid, like Back to the Future, um, and uh, The Last Starfighter and The Goonies. Those are all movies I saw on the last day of school yeah. for the first time. And um, and then so people were tweeting back at me and saying their movies as well, and quite a few people said The NeverEnding Story was one that they often watched at school on the last day. But yeah, like um, so the, the Russian storyline was kind of fun. Uh, the main storyline was interesting regarding the, uh, you know, Billy, the, the older brother with a mullet. And it's like an invasion of the body snatchers kind of a situation, which I loved. The whole, no- like, I, I could really see... Clearly, the um, the nods they were giving to various '80s properties. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, as, you know, same for me. Same for me. There's lots of little Easter eggs in there and stuff. And and uh, however, what I will say is, I was far more intrigued by our crew at the mall than I was of the little boys arguing about do we want to play Dun- Dungeons and Dragons. Well, but that, I love that scene though. The scene where the one kid he's not will, quite as old as the other. Well, ones. he's just yeah. not as into girls or whatever as the other two well, are. He's, He's, is he younger? I don't know. If yeah, he's I think enough. he is. I okay. think he's younger and and little. But you, know, it, you it, probably it, see it among your kids. Yeah, well, I would. I remember it from when yeah. I was a kid. Right, you get to that age where you're in. You're like you're 13, 14, and and you know your friends are starting to get into girls, and you're not, or or vice versa. And yeah, you still want to play Dungeons and Dragons, and he, that. But the scene where he's playing the music and he's in costume and he's really setting that up. That was a great scene. I thought a great like a memory of like playing Dungeons and Dragons, and that was really good. Um, one of my favorite aspects of this season was the uh, attention to detail when it came to, and it was also a great, you know, obviously product placement, but the 7-Eleven uniforms. Yeah. I forgot how ugly those things were. And they yeah. used to have, like, the smock with, like, 7-Eleven logo all over the smock, and that was the uniform back in the 80s. And they got that. They got the look of the Slurpee Cups right. Everything looked good. They had New Coke. Yeah. They had a little argument about New Coke, which was really fun. Um, it was a great season overall. The um, The mall was a little small, but I imagine. <laughs> do you think they, Where do you think they shot that? Oh, who knows? I mean, it could have been any mall, right? Because it looked just... like a mocked-up, maybe a section of a mall. It like a well, mall it could section. have been one. Like, they only really had one center court area mm-hmm. and, like, one kind of thing around, which is yeah. most malls have a multiple, you know, central hubs or whatever. Yeah. So it could have been just – I mean, thinking about Hawkins, Indiana, is probably a small town, so they would get a small mall. Like, that might right. make sense. But it, what surprises me that it's, is that it's a multi-story mall because most – Small town malls I've been in are single stories. They don't bother with the second level. <laughs> Even here in, in Winnipeg. You don't have to build up. There's <laughs> right. lots, tons of real estate. Well, and, and we only have one two-story mall here in Winnipeg, right? Whereas, uh, uh, Do we uh, only have one? Yeah, Polo Park. There's no other? I don't think so. Huh. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess Ikea doesn't count. That's not Ikea a doesn't mall. count. It's a store. <laughs> it's a box store. Anyway, um, so yeah, great. The only issue I really had with this season of Stranger Things was Hopper's character was kind of annoying, and like, why was he so angry all the time? That was kind of an issue. Some I people had. I noticed today, uh, the articles are starting to filter out about, and I saw one that with the uh, clickbait title of "They've ruined him this season." Well, whatever. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think they ruined just, him. It's just a one. It's just a one season arc. Where he was really worked up I, stuff all the time. But what I will also say is the the ending of this season was a little unsatisfying. I, agree. I have to say, I think as far as his character is concerned, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's pretty obvious he's not really dead, right? They, they well, kind of no body, no death is the right. general. No, rule. actually, seeing him, we didn't even see him dissolve. Like we saw those no. other guys in that room dissolve. He didn't dissolve. No, we didn't see that. So no, you got to show us that. Yeah, yeah exactly. If, that, if so, that's what happened, and then they make the reference at the very end of the the American. Don't touch oh. the American. He's so he's in some sort of Russian prison. We're gonna assume. Yeah. Did did we need that? I don't you know. know. I don't. To me, it was just sort of like a little. It, it just smacked of. We're doing another. Se- Here's an announcement. We're doing another season, right? Exactly. As opposed to being a shot. Like I'm watching. Um, and uh, this is a show that I just can't wait for the next episode. But it's called Years and Years on HBO. Are okay. you watching that? No, not okay. It's like uh, imagine Black Mirror 
covered one topic for 10 episodes. That's what it's a very sci-fi look into the future. Here's what's happening. So like yesterday was episode four and something happened on episode four that you really don't see coming. But when it happens, you're like, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's crazy. It In some ways it makes sense. In some ways it doesn't make any sense at all. And you're like, oh my God, what they've done with this plot twist. And I won't spoil that plot twist, of course, because uh, I think fewer people are watching it and we'll probably watch it later. Yeah. But that to me is how to plot a show. Stranger Things just kind of pulled that the old like someone shot Jr. Right. Like it's yeah. like that. It's just it's it's like t- and and it really heavy handed. Like like there's there are some questions about <laughs> why could like he was just standing there. Why could he not come into the room? You know, he could have ran into the door. <laughs> he sat there looking at her. Yeah. You know, like come on, get out of there, go. She's like pausing, yeah. and you got what's his face on the radio screaming, "Shut it now!" Whatever, but really, we don't know like how urgent that was. Um, and the other issue I had, yeah, you, we couldn't have paused for well, just enough. You he know. It could take two two seconds to run through, run up the catwalk and into the whatever. Anyway, yeah, they, yeah, it just didn't seem. The other thing I had, uh, the other major issue I had with it was when they go like, I like the the Russian translator conspiracy theory guy. He's funny and it's a, oh, yeah. a good com- yeah. comic relief and all that stuff. True. And his his relationship with the uh, the Russian guy is funny. But uh, why didn't they just call Paul Reiser to begin with? When they found an, a, a Russian base underground on American soil, why not call your government, secret agent government friend, Paul Reiser? I just assumed uh, he was shooting a Mad About You reboot. <laughs> and then, okay, and, you know, we, we hate spoiling. Is, that, is the that coming out, by the way? Is that, are they doing that? I heard that okay, was. They might be. I heard okay. it was, and nobody wants. Speaking of show that for, that has no that. fandom. Yeah. Zero <laughs> fandom for Mad About You. That was like this the... The popular show only because it followed Seinfeld That's for right. some time, yeah. and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. So Paul Reiser, I imagine, was probably off doing that, <laughs> and then and but he had enough time for something else, as we know. I don't want to spoil it. What? Paul Reiser? I don't know what you're talking about. Paul Reiser. He's in Stranger this season. I know he is. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. I wasn't sure if we said that. Oh, I yeah, I thought is I it too I thought spoiler. I oh, if you said it, well, then, I yeah. said spoiler earlier. So. Um, but yeah, no, he shows up. At the I end, guess but that's we can't guy, keep saying spoiler. <laughs> that, that's the guy they call, right? They call yeah. it. They've had that funny in, in, interaction yeah. with that guy who says the library or whatever. Um, so but if you have that number, the minute you find out about a secret yeah. Russian base, you call that number. That's that's my feeling. Don't bother with the translator. They'll have a translator, right? Like right. That, that, to me, makes that whole part of that story a, a little bit um, unnecessary. I am happy that our Hobbit friend did not come back to life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like I like that they bring <laughs> back these kind of 80s actors, yeah. you know, a little bit and, and showcase them. Did they do that? Oh, I guess Carrie Elwes was that this this oh. time. Like, he was, you know, Princess Bride. Is right, I forgot iconic, about that, yeah. Uh, 80s movie. So he was the mayor and played a scummy mayor, which was fine. He was good in that he's role. The, he's the... Uh, Amity Mayor and Jaws. Exactly. You yeah. need that guy. A little bit more scummy than that guy. I think that guy's just well, an idiot. Well, Amity he, Mayor and Jaws is an he's idiot. He's worried about the economy. Well, he also seems a little <laughs> bit he's a little bit corrupt in that he's like letting the Russians come in there. Doesn't and the, doesn't the mayor of in Jaws send his own kids into the water to make to make Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's that. willing to Oh yeah, there you go. So Fair that's enough. pretty bad. Fair enough. Um, also, I really <laughs> got to say one more thing before we move on. The uh, the the Russian, the big muscly Russian, gave very strong Terminator vibes. I don't know if you oh, got that as well. Oh yes. So that guy was like, oh, okay, that's the Terminator nod here. He's just a big, uh, you know, very Terminator-looking guy hunting them down and killing them, just randomly walking into crowded areas and shooting them down and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. he's basically invincible until the plot needs him to not be. Yeah. But he was wearing a bulletproof vest or whatever at that point. So right. But, well, but there was an opportunity to give him one in the head. Right. Which we just didn't do because yeah. that would, you know, then he couldn't chase you anymore. Right. All right. What else? What else have you been watching or reading? All or- right. Well, let's just, we're going to talk, we're talking TV right now, right? Yes. All right. So here, let's, let's do this. Um, I can't think of anything else I've really been watching. Um, I've had lots. I mean, I've, I've rewatched like, oh, well, I did movies. You want to do movies or are we still on TV? Well, here, let's do a little more TV. Okay. I just got a few more to give shout outs to. Um, Deadwood. The film. Oh yeah, I saw that pop up. I've not, I've not watched the series though, so I really have to. Oh, you need the, the whole series. Thing. Yeah, you need the series. But that to me was a beautiful ending to that show. Cool. And I don't think too many people people kind of forgot what Deadwood was, so there was far less buzz than what I would have expected. But it it was well worth seeing. Um, Black Mirror, the new season. Did you uh, watch that? No, that was not, I've not watched that yet. All right, so that's out there. Um. Let's see, Years and Years, as I mentioned, in HBO is fantastic. When They See Us, I mentioned, is on Netflix. It's fantastic. Um, and 
in addition, some great documentaries were kind of floating around out there. Um, and the one that everybody's talking about this week is called I Love You Now Die on HBO about the, um, the murder by text. So it's called I Love You Now Die, and it is uh, on a f- regularly running and streaming on HBO now. Okay. Um, I went to see uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. <gasps> you did? In the theater. And I, have to I say, feel absolutely zero pull to go see that. Well, uh, that's understandable, given that you might be out, you might be superhero movied out at this point. Yeah, after I am. The game. And I, I get that. And it was just happened to be a weekend. I had the kids, and I was like, yeah, let's go see this. Kids wanted to see it. I wanted to see it. It's funny, because my mom came with us as well, and she would not seen Endgame yet. And so she, oh. she, you know, big spoiler as far as Endgame is concerned, right at the very beginning. It's interesting, because remember when that trailer came out, and we had uh, Tom Holland himself saying, don't watch this trailer until you see Endgame? But basically yeah. what I was telling people was, watch Endgame before you come and see this movie, because there's a very big part of this movie that is a spoiler. It takes place after Endgame. So, of course, uh, and this is, I guess... Uh, it's been out for a long time, so I'm just going to say it, um, that Tony Stark is not alive. You know, he dies in that film. So there's a big part of that film is is about Tony Stark's legacy and his relationship with Peter Parker, which I thought was really interesting. I got to say, I loved this movie. I really loved it. it wow, yeah, you be, shocked me. I thought you were going in that complete other direction. It may be my favorite Marvel film um, wow. of all time. High praise. It was, it was so good. It was much better than the first one. And I have to say, like, there's, it works on so many levels. Um, and it works in like the, the, uh, the, uh, you know how the first one was kind of like this, uh, John Hughes, like romantic comedy about the prom and about high school life. Mm-hmm. This is similar, it's more, except it's more European vacation because they go to Europe and they travel to all these cities in Europe. So you have the beautiful scenery of Europe plus awkward romantic stuff with him and MJ plus obviously big monsters coming in and destroying things and Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Um, but it all really worked well and, and they really, so I was a little confused about Mysterio and obviously, uh, you know, we, we figure he was a big villain in the comic book. Um, so and on figure, the car, on that cheap cartoon, that's right, he was like that's right. always in there. Right. Yeah. He was, a, yeah, he always came up. So, so you're thinking, okay, obviously he's, you know, the, the trailers are making him look like a good guy, but obviously there's some sort of turn. Right. Right. Which is we, not a spoiler because it's, it's a pretty. The ad- trailer tells you that. That's not, a, much. not at all a spoiler. And we know the character of Mysterio is a villain. So we know that right. there's going to be a turn. But how that turn happens and the way they tie it into Mysterio from the comic book and the TV show is really interesting. Uh, but there are some really key moments between. And i got to shout out. John Favreau is back as Happy. Um, um, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, obviously, uh, um, Nick Fury, Sam Jackson's in it. Um, and that kind of stuff. So there's some good ties into the Avengers that way. And here's a question for you. Cause so I don't obviously Marissa Tomei is back as, as Aunt May. Um, totally unbelievable as well, Aunt May right from the word go, but I, it's growing on me after this movie is right. growing on me. And I, I, you know, Aunt May is 90. Well, in the comic books, yes. So in this, <laughs> and in this, my mind, in this universe, they've chosen to make Aunt May probably in her mid fifties, which would make her, you know, of appropriate age to be the actual aunt. So I never believed that Aunt May in the comic book was her his actual aunt. I thought he just called her Aunt May, or she was like a great aunt or something. Like right. She was like not, not of the age of his parents. But I think for both for the um, Andrew Garfield movies and for this. Um, version they're treating Aunt May like his actual aunt like he's the same age as her his parents would have been right so if Marissa Tomei is Aunt May in this version of Spider-Man who do you think would have played Uncle Ben because we never got to see that part of it they didn't bother telling that story again but who do you think would have been a good Uncle Ben an actor in his Woody Harrelson Oh, there you go. Okay, there you go yeah yeah that's who I choose that's a good, that's a good choice yeah not okay. bad who why who would you choose I was thinking more of Mark Harmon uh, oh sure. Uh, someone, someone. Well, he's a he's a little on the. Is he older than Harrelson? Would, he has to be. I would say so, but he doesn't look well, it. Oh, I don't know. Harrelson was on Cheers in the eighties, and uh, Mark Harmon was in summer school. Saint Elsewhere. Oh, Saint Elsewhere. That's Saint right. Elsewhere, yes. like around the same time. Yeah. So, so maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe know. you're right. But someone like this, it can't be someone too famous. Uh, someone else suggested George Clooney. I'm like, well, he's too famous. Tom Hanks is too famous and too old a little bit. And mm-hmm. um and and uh, but Mark Harmon and even Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson is like. His, he's famous, but he's also well known for oh being my a God. good character. I just actor. thought of something. Marissa Tomei and Woody Harrelson were on the All in the Family live redo. Were they really? Yeah, that, oh, yeah. God. that was Edith that. and Archie. Oh, I didn't we know that. We just chose Edith and Archie without even thinking about it. <laughs> Crazy. So, anyway, and also I will say about this about so go see Far From Home. It's really good. But also the experience of seeing that movie, um, the previews for the first time, and I, and I don't know how long, maybe it's just because I haven't looked online for a while. 
but I had not seen the previews previously to watching them in the theater. So there was a preview for the new Jumanji movie. Oh, a I watched for... that. That looks like shit. <laughs> oh, oh, please keep going. Preview for the uh, uh, it was a preview for Hobbs and Shaw that I had oh. not seen before. <laughs> And a preview for the new Brad Pitt movie, which is called Ad Astra. I watched that one, too. Right? But I'd not seen any of these. Now, at the time, I'm like, wow, this looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know. The Brad Pitt one is like, eh. Who knows? It, it's it, it's could a go either way. interesting premise, but it could be shit, yeah. right? Um, Hobbs and Shaw, again, I'm on the fence about. But that trailer in particular made it look really good. Oh. And the Jumanji no. trailer made it look really good. Oh, it's awful. It is the absolute biggest part of Danny DeVito. So we have, we have, oh, God. We have Chris, Kevin Hart. Playing Danny DeVito. Yeah. They've avatared us on this one. <laughs> and and I have zero desire. I don't find it fun or funny or interesting or anything. I, I wish enough. I wish all those actors would get dumped into a big hole in the movie and covered with dirt. <laughs> and we could start all over again. So, um, and the other film I saw in the theaters this summer was Toy Story 4. Which I'll say is it's fine. It's not, oh. it's not the best one. Toy Story 3 is still the best one in my opinion. But Toy Story 4 is fine. So whatever, if you want to see that, see it, rent it or something. Um, I'm just I'm just checking to see did I uh, I didn't go to a movie theater, but did I catch up on anything? Um, ooh, okay. I have just one to throw in that that people might miss. I watched Mads Mikkelsen. Ooh, Mads Mikkelsen yeah. in a film called Arctic, and it's uh, uh, now on iTunes. I didn't the... I didn't even know it had come out. And so the one where he's like an assassin. No, okay. yeah, he is a dude whose plane has crashed in the Arctic, <laughs> and he he needs to get the fuck out of there. Of course, and uh, there's a bear, and uh, oh, there's all kinds of crazy stuff, and all. And when you watch it, you're like, this guy is stuck in Canada, is what this guy is. And I loved it as a man versus nature, like sort of cool anecdote to the summer. Arctic, so good. <laughs> I loved it. So that, the reason I said that is because he's got another one called Polar. <laughs> which is oh yeah he's got all he's got them all he's got all the northern yeah. climate movies polar is the one where he plays this weird um hitman that's trying to retire oh that's shit it was that not very one. good no. no uh and yeah. but that was like arctic polar same kind of thing so anyway he's starring in permafrost this fall <laughs> um, um okay what else do you want to talk about books do you have you read anything interesting as far as books are concerned yeah i have read lots of good stuff um but what i'll suggest is probably the best one i read is called the coddling of the American mind. And it's basically like, what's wrong with schools? What's what's wrong with universities? Yeah, I know. I saw you tweeting about that. Yeah. I, I'm really interested in that because I'm seeing it firsthand with my kids being oh, yeah. in, in elementary school. Oh, you are. There's yeah. no doubt. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to continue as they get into high school. It's also a big part of our conversation here in Manitoba as far as the next provincial election being the education system and what we need to do to fix it, because I think everyone acknowledges that there is a problem. We're protecting, and basically the premise of the book is we're protecting kids so much they can't deal with life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the prescriptions go up as the anxiety goes up, and then they show up and they're not prepared to deal with e uh, even people disagreeing with them. Um, but then at the same time, the book, and so the book isn't all like, what's wrong with the kids? The book is also like, what's wrong with the universities? And they sort of like flip it. Okay. And, um, to say that there isn't some things that you would recognize from being here, you would. And, and, you know, part of the book is about when you have so many people working in management, they need to manage something. So they're on it. They're they're doing what they think is the best, is what they're hired to do for the students. But in fact, they end up hurting them more than they help. Yeah. So that's called The Coddling of the American Mind. It's very, it's a, it's a available at local bookstores everywhere, Amazon, wherever you want to get it. Um, and I just think uh, it's very thought-provoking, and I think that students and teachers in particular would like to read that book. So I'll give a special shout-out to that one. I've only uh, started reading a book recently, and I've got Which a, one? About, a bunch taken out of the library, but this one is the George Lucas uh, biography um, just called Lucas a Life or something oh, like that. Oh, I'd like to read that and one. And it's by the same guy. I'm blanking on his name, but the same author that wrote the Jim, Jim Henson uh, biography, which was excellent. And he's also written one about Dr. Seuss that I want to read. So this guy like chooses I, I these. just saw that. And does he talk about him doing propaganda? Yeah, posters? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to read that too. So anyway, the reason I actually started – so all, all I'll say is I started reading the book. So far, it's good, but I'm not – you know, not really into it yet. Um, but the reason I chose this, and this is going to segue into the podcast a little bit, is because I've listened to two different podcasts about Star Wars this summer. 
Um, and the, one of them kind of got me on the tangent of this author who wrote this book about George Lucas because he was part of the source material for Inside Star Wars, um, which is by Wondry. It's the same people that did Inside Jaws. So last summer, was it, or was it two summers ago, Inside Jaws came out. Chris Schiffman recommended it to us. I listened to it. I quite enjoyed Inside Jaws. Um, Inside Star Wars is very similar. It's funny because the one guy who narrates it also does all the voice roles. He doesn't mean Carrie Fisher, I tell you. Like He just <laughs> he t- tries to do an impression of all the different people who are involved in this, including a fake interview with George Lucas, which I don't understand why they did that. Uh, like they're they're acting out an interview, sitting down with George Lucas to it's like we didn't interview him, but what if? What if we? Yeah, but I'm like I'm sitting there going, is this real? I don't know. Did they actually talk to him? But they didn't. Um, so there's that <laughs> one. I don't like it as much as Inside Jaws, mainly because I already knew most of the stuff they talk about. They really only talked about the very first movie, which I think a, a podcast about Star Wars should should encompass more than just that first movie, at least the first three films, and. Um, in Inside Jaws, there was this whole side story they went into with the sh- these actual shark attacks that took place in New Jersey in the early, I think, the 1920s or something like that. And that was, basically, Star Wars Inside Star Wars didn't have anything like that. It was just all about George Lucas and Star Wars, and it just kind of ended there, right? They touched on the prequels, and that mm-hmm. was it. So they didn't really get into anything inside Star Wars. I, I really, you know... I knew everything that was part of that. So the other podcast I listened to this summer, this came on a recommendation from our friend Darren, um, uh, one of our fellow instructors here, was one called Blockbuster, which is about it's about specifically George Lucas and Steven Spielberg and their relationship in the '70s as they both kind of made these iconic like Jaws and and Star Wars, but also uh, it talks about Spielberg working on Close Encounters and just kind of their relationship with Francis Ford Coppola and Brian De Palma and all the little kind of you know, these guys, they all hung out together um, in the 70s. And that's a much better podcast, I think. If you want to listen to one one podcast about Star Wars, listen to Blockbuster, because that one has actual voice actors, hmm. and the uh, production is very good, whereas Inside Star Wars is just, like, the guy kind of voice acting, and that's it. Hmm. But this one adds sound in the background. It brings you into the scene. It tells some interesting stories about that you wouldn't have known about those two two films and the, the people involved in it. And I thought it was much better than than Inside Star Wars. Oh, personally. cool! So I would say, you know, I mean, they're both fine, but in, but Blockbuster's better for sure. That's cool. You know, I I started listening to one new podcast, so I'll give that a shout out. It's called Needle Mythology. It is not about taking drugs. It is about records. Ah, and, uh, cool. The guy, it's a British uh, podcast, and um, it, the guy interviews '90s British artists. So far, I don't know if he's going to expand from that. So we've got uh, Prefab Sprout, The Divine Comedy. Um, Lilac Time, uh, well, sort of like these great 90s British artists, and he gets them to talk about an album that they did and an album that they like that they didn't do. And I just really enjoy it. It's really nice to hear um, uh, people talking about music that they love. So it's called Needle Mythology. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I also started listening to another kind of twin podcast that are like about the similar um, – Subject matter, we're coming up this week on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, the Apollo 11 mission. So there's, I mean, you're seeing all kinds of stuff. There's articles. Oh, great. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, it's going to be a big deal on the day. I think it's Saturday coming up, I believe. The 20th, right, is the anniversary? Is that the, I thought it was today. No, no, I think it's the 20th. I think today was the anniversary of the launch. Of the, oh, of the and it was like of, a three-day trip, right? Right, yeah, four days. Um, so, <laughs> it was a three-hour cruise. Three and hour then tour. Gilligan. No, that different story. <laughs> They had to call back to uh, Mission Control with a coconut radio. Um, but there, So there's two podcasts here that I've been listening to. Ooh, this is good. Uh, and this one, one of them came on a recommendation from a uh, fellow Crecom grad. Um, and it was about, uh, it's called 13 Minutes to the Moon. And this one, okay, so here's my issue with this. And, I, and it, it's, you know, it's fine. It's good production, well-researched. Um, I just find it a bit pretentious, the whole thing. Like, <laughs> the, So the premise of this podcast is by the BBC. So it's oh, this, I see it. This, yeah. this British voice. Uh, the guy is actually a, a NASA scientist. So they've got a good guy narrating it and everything. But he's got this British accent, this hoity-toity British accent. He's got a very like self-important tone. This is the greatest thing ever. Like that kind of stuff. And the premise of it is that the 13 minutes to the moon talks about the final 13 minutes of that mission, which was when they were dropping to the moon. So they take one minute per episode. They talk about that minute, and then they tie it back to the story 
about how they went to the moon. Very cool. Uh, so it is cool, but I just found it over kind of just overwhelmingly like, oh, okay, I know this already. You know, like it almost feels <laughs> lots like lots of people don't. I know, and I mean, I think that if you didn't like, I was I'm really into this stuff. I was always as me a too. Kid, as a kid, into I this. loved it. And so I know a lot about the whole history of NASA. And so for me, it's probably not the right fit. But for somebody who who goes into this not knowing a lot, you would probably enjoy it. The the podcast I'm much enjoying much more that's about the moon landings is called um, it's called Our Fake History. And this is one. Uh, so this this one talks about fake history or or modified history um for example they talk about blackbeard and there's a bunch of other episodes but this guy's doing a series about why deny the moon landings so he's taking a look at the conspiracy that the moon landings were faked and trying to look into the the feasibility of that and why would why do people get on board with this why do people love to call that because it's a fairly popular conspiracy theory of of all the conspiracy theories out there this is one of the more popular ones that the u.s actually faked the moon landings in order to um you know bankrupt russia or something like that uh you know i bring that up every year in my pr class where i ask students uh well i ask them if they believe in ghosts and that's fame i'm famous for asking that question um and uh many of them do and in fact this year most of them believe in ghosts <laughs> Okay. And um, and uh, I do believe I can't. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure about this. I, I sort of blurted out after the ghosts, but many of the people in the class this year believe the moon landing to not be real. <laughs> believe it or not, and so, uh, a young man in the class went, "How come it happened?" He said, "Yeah, shocked. He was shocked that that somebody could could you deny." It. It. So and that's I was what like, "This podcast takes a look yeah, at. If I know young people, I know that." Probably 50% are going to deny it. He talks about something like, you know, they, they, they certainly had the motive to do something like that, but did they have what he calls, and he's a former law teacher, so he knows the terminology, but the t- terminology is the guilty mind. I don't know what the actual term is, but it means the guilty mind. So someone may have a motive to do something and do something wrong like that, but do they have the real, like, will uh, they uh, Will they actually do it is kind of the idea. Right. So, uh, so and it's, so far it's been very, very good. So they have, he's got a three-part set. And the interesting thing about this podcast is that it's just him talking. Which I've I've actually come across as that's a new thing for me this summer is that I've started to enjoy just podcasts with people talking with no production. I'm actually going to take a look at it in class this semester. Oh, very good. Something like that. So it's hard it's hard to sustain a podcast as with a single talking. You have to be a very very good talker to do it. So Bill Burr does it every week. He does. I listened to Bill Burr this morning, and it's very his dedication to it is very impressive. Yeah. No, it's it it is it's good when it's good, but when it's not, it's it's very bad. Well, it can be bad, but I think people get better at it as they go along. That's the whole point. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I think it's like any podcast. So anything else on your radar for this well, summer? Well, there's one thing that I had to mention because I've been telling everybody about it and people seem interested. And I it was something that I didn't plan on doing. But I went to Montreal oh. and uh, it turned out I looked the week before we were going and I see Oprah is going to be in Montreal. Oh. So I was like, oh, we're going to see the when we went to see the specials. There were the 40th anniversary of the band, the specials. Oh, and and then <laughs> I thought you meant the Oprah specials. And then uh, no, the band, the specials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, uh, message to you, Rudy. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, Oprah turns out Oprah was going to be there on the Sunday that we were there. So I was like, what the hell? Buy tickets to see Oprah. So I went to see Oprah, and I have to say, I'm not the target audience. I was like one of ten men in that entire audience. <laughs> and by the way, is that Bell Center? Is that that uh, so how frigging many people, arena? Like a full arena sold out? Oh, uh, probably not sold out, but uh, it's a big. It's like, like it wasn't a half. Like arena it's big. Thing it's, it's probably t- oh, I don't know if it's twice the size of MTS Center, but it, like our yeah yeah our arena, but it's bigger. And so the top upper deck, no. But virtually most everything else. Wow. Okay. So, um, and uh, and to my astonishment, Oprah is maybe the best live speaker I've ever seen. Like it was just she, a speaking engagement, like like Barack Obama what? or like those other ones you've gone to see. But, wow. Uh, Anderson Cooper's coming here. Not really, because one of the things that was really impressive is she just comes walking out. They're like they show like a retrospective of her career in video. And it's pretty, of course, you're like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, look, look at everything. Lot, yeah. she had. Okay, then she comes walking out, and the crowd goes crazy, and she's wearing a Raptors jersey. <laughs> and so the crowd was Way like, play especially up the crowd. happy. Yeah. And uh, she comes out, and she's just like, grabs the mic and just starts going. And there's like no Q&A. She's like, she's Oprah. She is going to run this show. And so she starts, and this is the great thing. She doesn't miss a trick. 
she just like, you know, she's got some Montreal chat, some Canada chat, makes everybody like laugh. Then she starts going like, well, in case you didn't know, I was reading your tweets today and I was reading your uh, Instagrams today. And I and uh, she goes, I noticed that so and so said this. And she like remembers there's no cue cards. There's no nothing. There's no teleprompter. And she remembers the person's name and what they said in their tweet. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. And she's like, where's Judy Smith? And you're like, yay, from the arena. I was like, there's Judy right over there. Well, Judy, you said this. And Judy's like, oh, oh, oh. like I can't believe it. Oprah read my tweet. And uh, then she goes, whoa, there's a, a school in Montreal where the teacher does, uh, I understand that she does uh, Oprah, she does her own Oprah's book club. And uh, she goes, why don't you come down to the stage? And this girl loses her mind and comes running, this teacher runs down to the stage. And Oprah's like, uh, yeah, so what are the kids doing these days? And she's like, well, they're writing their exams tomorrow. And she goes, oh, I was going to come visit the school, but not, I don't want to bug them if they're writing their exams. And then, of course, the, the girl goes, no, it's a good lesson for them. Some things are more important than exams. A visit from Oprah. And so, <laughs> and so Oprah goes to the school oh, the she next really? day. Oh, yeah, wow. she goes to the woman's school. And it was like, boy, this Oprah doesn't miss a trick. And then in the middle of her um of this it was like ostensibly a book launch for her latest book but then she brings a woman out who the crowd knew as someone from her show and i'd never watched her show so i didn't know who this was but their crowd was pretty pumped and in the middle of her show she does a little oprah show with the coach they bring out the coach and everything else she does a little bit of that and then um she does a little it's almost like group therapy i would suggest like uh, as you get toward the end and um, and, and then she was, um, and then she was gone after about two hours, two and a half hours of talking, but it was like, it was a pretty much a master class in public speaking. Wow. I'd say. And I saw it and I was like, she could be Trump. She totally could be Trump. Yeah. I think Oprah for president, but, uh, it's certainly not going to happen this time around. I was like, it would be unfortunate if she had to run for oh, president no. because it would just be horrible to hear uh, the things. I'm getting a parking ticket. Is that you getting a ticket? Yeah, that's okay. Oh, it's fine. Absolutely terrible. No, it's my bad. Are you sure you don't want to run out there and no, argue? No, no, no. I can no. narrate it. <laughs> I would. I would totally run out there fault. and argue. I didn't have enough change. Was he, was he doing it? No, he's just making note of it. He's making note of the time. He's not ready. I don't to know. <gasps> I might have a you chance. Know, okay, you let's, go wrap, out? let's wrap up the podcast. Okay, let's do it because so you, you got to stop that. Yeah, let's do All right. that. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited now to actually get out of the ticket. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm going to get the music on. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to do an episode next week with Chris Schiffman talking about San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, no, he's coming back. What's no, he go, go. No, no, no. What's he doing? He's taking a picture of my car. No, it's he's still he's processing oh, no, it. He's done it. He's done it already. Oh. He's done it. Oh, well. Such is life. Such is the life of... Look at this weasel. <laughs> plying his evil dark art. He's just art. doing his job. He's just doing his job. Come on, Oh, man. you're the nicest ticket receiver. I am. I am. Because, honestly, I get away with it more often than not. And oh. uh, <laughs> I think I've saved more money by not paying for parking than actually the tickets I buy. You I have a for, healthy so. attitude. I, I do. <laughs> Oprah. You have to. You have to. Back to Oprah. Right. Anyway, we're going to do a, <laughs> we're gonna do a um, um, what's it called? Um, Post-Comic-Con. Post-Comic-Con episode with Chris Shippen next week. So that'll be coming up. And hopefully we'll be able to get back into the group. I know it's been a while, but we'll get back into the Star Wars There's been no well. Star Wars news at all, so who cares? It's all good. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get back into it. That's going to do it for this episode of The Media Nerds. I'm Dan Badabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the parking ticket hit you on the ass.